0: Why is asking such a simple question so important for someone? When you ask that, when you take the time and you ask a a personal important question, if you look at it from a level of energy, I'm kind of showing this like scale right here in my mind, and you choose to ask an important question out of care, that could be the energy of love that suddenly becomes ignited in that moment between you and that person. What's up, Michael? Zach. (laughs) What did I say, Michael? Let's get the bloopers out of the way first. (laughs) because your last name is michael right yeah no middle name
1: oh that's right because i haven't saved you under zach michael i don't know (laughs) and also like you spell your name in like four different ways there's the normal zach then there's the z-a-e-c yes
0: yeah well too hard for people to spell to pronounce z-a-e-c how is that pronounced it's zach but I mean when people see it, okay. they don't say Zach, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. They're like
1: Zake. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah. where's that name from? Is it? it's not an
0: American name, is it? Zach? Yeah, I mean the Z-A-E-C. Oh, that was just a creation, man. Really? It doesn't come from anywhere. Yeah. Your parents just created it? Like, hey, let's created it, yeah. That
1: is so cool man i don't even think I you so. can, i don't i don't think you can do that where i'm from there's like a book of names and you cannot just call your name like call your kid like you know like all these these famous people that call their kids whatever random names apple? Yeah, yeah 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 like apple peach wisdom
0: you know <laughs> like well it, is- it it comes from zachary right yeah so yeah uh but yeah, man. I guess that wasn't unique enough. Mm, I like it. Hey, man,
1: that's yeah. cool. Yeah. My parents almost—they gave me—they almost gave me this crazy, stupid new, like new school name. I don't even remember which one it was. They almost named my sister Felicitas, like Felicity, okay.
0: the German version of Felicity. Okay, which is
1: a weird name, man. Don't 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 call your kid like that.
0: Don't it almost a- sounded Greek when you said it. It's
1: it's Latin, it means happiness. Yeah. Okay. Which is cool, I mean, you know, it's a cool thing. Yeah. But the
0: poor kid, Mike, come on, give your kids normal names, man. Well, this poor. is it, man. I, I had it, I I my name is a normal name. Yes. But I didn't get to enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I was like, look, I'm doing something about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So where are you where are you tuning in from?
1: Vancouver. Nice. You had a Thanksgiving and all that? Just do you guys do that in Canada? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we do it in... Uh, we do that unique too. That's in October. Oh, no way. Yeah. So you, you had that already.
1: Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So Vancouver, man. So wait, you're at the coast in Vancouver, right? Well, I'm right there, man. Man, what are you doing? Yeah. What's up in your life, man? You're looking good. You're looking fresh. You're looking happy.
0: Thank you, buddy. Same to you. Thanks. Uh, well, look, just building business getting results for clients, clients are getting amazing results, living life, wanting to travel. What do you want more? What do you want more for everybody who does not know the context? So
1: (laughs) Zach is our mindset coach. He's uh, incredibly popular amongst our clients. People love the mindset call that they're getting with you, the weekly mindset call. I keep hearing good things about that. And of course, Zach has his own business as well, where he basically teaches how to Overcome your own mindset, blocks, how to basically perform on a higher level. I mean, Zach, you probably know better, like you can probably describe it in
0: a more accurate way. Yeah, well, that, that's essentially it. What, what we do is we help people to uncover the reasons why they sabotage. Hmm. Okay, so behaviorally, mentally, emotionally, and and understand the programs, the unconscious programs that are that are essentially running their feeling states. And their actions, their behaviors.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just had a talk um, with my videographer. He's actually in the other room hustling. And we just had a quick five minute talk because I was in between calls and, yeah. and we, I just randomly learned or relearned because I'm aware of this, but it reemphasized myself, like how important it is to actually ask people how they're feeling. It's incredible. Uh And then the reason why I relearned this is because just earlier I had a one-on-one. I have one-on-ones with all my staff. And um, even if it's just 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes a week, let's have a one-on-one or 30 minutes, whatever, every two three weeks. And it was really, really intense. I asked one of my staff members, how are you doing, man? How's it going? And he just cried, just cried. Grown man just started crying. And I found that beautiful, first of all, that we live... At least in the environment within our company where you can just show your feelings and you don't have because we are savages. Like our entire team is savage. We love banter. We love hustling. We're we're badass. Otherwise, I, I don't hire people that are not badasses. But at the same time, we're able to show transparency to each other. Mm-hmm. And then I really thought, like, man, when is it when do regular people actually get asked how they're feeling, especially men? Like, when does it ever happen as a man in 2022, 2023 to be asked, in all honesty, I'm not like, how's it going, man? Like, I'm actually meaning like, hey, how are you doing? Like, when does that ever freaking happen? And that's where you then get people that are just being asked, how are you doing for the first time in years? And they just start crying. And I think it's beautiful. Mm. I'm not making fun of anybody or anybody. I just think it's beautiful. To just reach out to somebody, an old friend, a family member, or someone that works in your team, and just honestly take your damn time and look them in the eye or look into the camera, whatever, and be like, hey, how are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. That's powerful stuff. And I'm sure that's kind of stuff that
0: you deal with all the time. Yes. Yes, sir. Exactly right. We go a lot deeper than how are you doing. Yeah. But it, it's, it's – uh Yeah. Like you said, I mean, especially for men today, it's, you know, a lot of guys just aren't used to opening up. Mm -hmm. And so we create a space where people feel comfortable and safe to open up as much or as little as they need to. Um, But yeah, I think that today people need to to look at what's going on inside of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that it's important, especially in a work environment, Max, Mm -hmm. where the, Like, especially depending on the culture of whatever the company is, if when staff, when people know, when the team members know that this we're here together for more than just business and we get to cultivate kind of like, you know, an additional bond beyond just the position that one holds, I think it can bring more out of a team.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, because I have this so many times. where I'm like, oh, I have the next call now. It's 30-minute time slot, you know, geez. And I'm like, damn, you know, it's it's 30 minutes that I'll quote-unquote never get back. But then after each one-on-one, I'm like, best 30 minutes I, I spent this week. Because mm. a team member that is just given the opportunity to talk, to chat. And, and by the way, in these 30-minute one-on-ones, we don't talk about business, rarely. It's usually just, how are you doing, man? What's going on in your life? I think that is like so much higher ROI. Like it's probably one of the h- highest ROI things to do each and every week to just have a 30 minute damn talk with staff. A one-on-one talk. Because mm-hmm. that that staff member is now going to, because again, like when do we ever get someone that actually cares? Especially, we, yeah. Yeah, we rarely ever do. And then they're like, hey, l- look, you know, and then when, when people get whatever, another opportunity to work somewhere else, they're going to think very, very. They're going to think very thoroughly, like, okay, do I want to leave this company where they actually care, where I even have this sort of mentor-mentee relationship with someone within the team, be it the boss or, or the supervisor or the trainer or some, just some senior staff member? Like, no, I, I don't want to leave this environment because it's an environment where I'm listened to. And that's,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah, well, you, you know, in that way, you're honoring the fact that a person is a human and more than just fulfilling a role. Mm. right doing a job
1: yeah and it's I don't know man I I think like I think 2020 like it's, it's quite a long time back now but we're seeing the we're seeing the effects of that still people having to be masked up all the time the fear the just staying at home because I feel like people are very busy all the time and this busyness is also more or less subconscious, we bestow upon ourselves constant busyness, constant distractions, because we don't want to be with our thoughts. And then when the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit, a lot of people were forced to have a lot less distractions there, you know, stay at home, shut up, don't go out. And for a lot of these people, all of a sudden they were alone with their thoughts much more. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm fucked up. Like I didn't know, you know, for the last years, I've been distracting myself with candy crush, and uh, music and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And not, Those things are not bad, but I challenge you to spend an evening with yourself. I challenge you to spend 15 minutes meditating and doing nothing just to see what's actually going on within you. It's, it's almost like a, like a, like an inventory check of your emotions, of your thoughts and the kind of stuff yeah, like that. Yeah,
0: man. Essential. And I think, you know, the past two years have really put people in a position where they don't have a choice or they have less of a choice because they're kind of forced in many ways. Now, because this is like, I see this, well, in one way, I see this as like a giant trigger, a triggering event for people, Mm. for the collective of humanity. And so when people are faced with, you know, they're put outside of their comfort zone, they're having to look at things about themselves, about the society that they live in, uh, that in a new way that they haven't looked at previously, And that way is uncomfortable. And then, as you said, they're not distracted by the the normal kind of distractions. And now they're forced to look deeper at the society they live in themselves. And it's like a triggering event because then they get to experience emotions and programs within themselves that they may have just been so kind of anesthetized Mm -hmm. before where they didn't have that opportunity to go, oh, yeah. You know what? I actually don't like this kind of work environment. Or my these aren't my values. My values are to spend more time with family. My values are to travel. My values are to be you know at home, working at home, whatever the case is. So it's been a really interesting, I think, opportunity for people yeah. when you look at it that way.
1: I mean, it's beautiful that you said it. it's a damn opportunity. So many people see, all they see is them being victim, victim, victim. It's so important yeah. to not. Cry about. I mean, it's important to, to cry, but not not to be a crybaby about things and actually see the opportunity in things. Like, I've had my fair share of weeks, months of just wallowing in self-victim mentality all the time. You know, like oh, I'm poor me, this happened, and that happened, and it sucks. It like lowers the quality of your life, man. It seriously lowers the quality of your life if you just create suffering because you, all you do is create suffering for yourself when you feel sorry for yourself. It has yep. zero. Zero upside. You just create unnecessary suffering, and it's tough. Many people need to know that. That's why. That's why I think you know people like you are so damn important. And you're not just some random guy who's just like I am a mindset coach now. Like you actually have the background. You know, you actually have the certificates, and 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 you keep learning new things because I I keep hearing that as oh well, now Zach is is doing this. Zach is doing that. He's he's uh employing more and more techniques and that's really, really powerful stuff. So actually one thing that I wanted to ask you, Zach, is what, what can people do to stay healthy
0: up there mentally? I think it first starts with your standards, your level of standard. What will you tolerate? What will you accept or not accept Hmm. within your own mind and body in terms of your thought patterns and your feeling states i think it it boils down to those it's all energy frequency and vibration right we've heard this quote before and it's very true and it's very simple if you just start to look within uh, and when i say look within i just mean to begin to watch yourself watch your mind watch your thought patterns how are you consistently talking about yourself How are you consistently talking to yourself? Hmm. What is your normal way of feeling and being in the world? Do you look at the world through a negative lens? Do you look at the world through a lens of anger or resentment, hopelessness, whatever the case is? And if you just start to to notice how you are and who you're being on a day-to-day basis, regardless of the context, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whatever the case is then you actually start to be, you become aware and you become equipped with what you're doing that's creating the results in your life. So I just always say, start with awareness of who and how you're being on a day-to-day basis. Because if you're not aware, you can't, you're not aware of what you need to change. You're not aware of what's problematic in your life. And so it just starts there. And it's a big win. It may sound like oh, okay, that's that simple. It's too simplistic to maybe be beneficial. But the reality is, once you become aware of how you're being in mind and body, you're halfway there to changing your life. Yeah, man.
1: What's the other half?
0: Well, once you're aware of what you need to change, you then need to change it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So that's where things like, you know, people like myself, my program or, or other mindset coaches and things like that, that's where we come in uh, to be able to help people let go of what they need to change, whether or not they're aware of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's something that, that anyone can start with is you just start to notice how am I thinking and keep it really simple. How am I thinking? What are my, what's my self-talk? What's my inner dialog Mm-hmm your inner dialogue is going to create your filter or lens through which you view your reality, your world. And then if you're consistently speaking in a specific way about yourself, which is the same as others, it's all a reflection. If you're consistently speaking a certain way about yourself and the world around you, then that's what you're creating. In your life, because we all have different life experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so just but, keep it simple.
1: Especially the, the word experience, like life experience. It's such a key word. Like there's two people that can live exactly the same life, same job, same city, same encounters, but they're experiencing it completely differently. One might experience it as living hell and the other one might experience it as living heaven. Yeah. And, and, right. you know, I don't know, man, the kind of the older I get, the more I value my self talk. And also the more I realize how difficult it can be. Because I don't know, man, like as a 20 year old, to reframe something really quick was really damn easy for me. And the older you get, the more you kind of like set in your own ways. It's almost like, you know, because you create these neurological pathways. And it's actually physically proven that, you know, the more you think into a certain direction, the more neuro- neurological pathways are being created in your brain, the easier it is for your brain to kind of go down that neurological path again. So if you keep saying, like you said, like the frame is like, oh, you know, the world sucks and I'm uh, I have bad luck, your brain has created a significantly more... You know, a uh, uh, motorway, so to speak, a much bigger highway of neurons in the brain that goes to that direction of like, yeah, the world sucks, and uh, I'm I always have bad luck, and the old and you know I, when I was twenty, I heard that concept. I was like, that's pretty interesting. You know, I'm gonna be aware of it. You know, and then I'm thirty two now, and I'm like, this thing's really damn hard. Like, shit, I got some neurological pathways here that that just crept up on me over the last three four months you know and they're like damn i wasn't aware they're just here they're just they've just been created through the back door but now they're here and it's so easy to go down that path it's so easy and you're like wait a minute the entire day i've been going down that path of blah 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 sucks and so and so is fault and this and that is unfair and i'm and i find myself in the evening and god damn it i could Consider myself a smart person in this regard. And it still happens to me, you know? So I'm like, you find yourself in the evening and you're like, I have wasted my entire perfectly fine day just continuously going down that neurological path over and over and over and over again. And now in the evening, I, like you said, I have that awareness in it. I call myself out, I change it. Evening is a great evening. But I have unnecessarily created suffering for me this entire damn day. And it's hard, man. It's hard to get out of that. Like you need to have some way, some sort of accountability measures, whether that's through a coach or whether that's a damn screen on the phone that says, What's your thoughts or something like you know, like a background. There's gotta be you gotta have something like that because otherwise you just waste your life.
0: Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, yeah. What we're what we're finding now is that um, a lot of the thinking thinking patterns are actually coming from stored emotions, stored negative emotions from the past. And so when we hold on to a lot of these uh, lower energy frequencies that have been stored from past negative experiences, that gets trapped. That energy gets trapped in the body mind the body mind is, is the unconscious mind because the unconscious mind is not just what we think of in terms of mind and mental and the brain it's it's from head to toe and beyond so when we let's say we're holding on to a lot of well the anger the energy of anger that energy frequency if we're holding on to a lot of that frequency that frequency will start to influence the thought patterns that we have and the self-talk. And so we're finding that the, it's the emotions that are actually dictating the lens through which you see the world. And so we can, we can help ourselves by letting go of the self-talk number one, like you said, right. Noticing that and saying, Hey, snap out of it. I've been thinking negative for two hours yeah um and then if we go straight to the emotion and just let go of that stored emotion we find that the self-talk or the thought the consistent invasive thought patterns tend to go with it
1: it's so crazy how we humans consider ourselves superior because we have things like emotions i don't think animals really have emotions or at least not to the degree we have it i'm pretty sure like a dog can get angry and stuff like that but to what degree that's just instinct to what degree is actually emotions is, of course, uh, you know, up to debate, but, but it's this very thing that makes us human, that makes us quote unquote superior, that is also our greatest weakness that can really fuck up our life, you know?
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. It's animals do, animals do trap these emotions as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. And what they found is that the more domesticated an animal is, let's say a dog, yeah. uh, the more, the wider the. Ra- range of emotion that they actually learn to experience versus, no a, versus like a wild animal has a smaller range of emotions that they experience because they're not around humans. So they're like learning it from the humans. They're learning it from their owners. Yes. Yes. And so domesticated animals actually have the are, they're, they're more susceptible. They're more likely to trap and store negative emotions because they're, they're around. See, if you think of it in terms of, okay, a dog is mostly with, around, within the proximity of his owner or the family, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, when, when someone is in an emotional state, that energy doesn't just stop at the physical body. It goes beyond mm it goes outside of the physical body because we have a bioenergetic field or an auric field right an aura that energy of that emotion is just information and so it extends beyond your physical body and the the dog in this case within your vicinity will literally pick up that information so it for example we all know that if you're let's say you meet someone new and you get a feeling, right? You go, Ooh, but maybe it's a bad vibe. You go, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I don't want to be around this person. I don't want to be in this room. I don't want to be with these people. I don't know why, but I just get that feeling. This is the kind of thing we're talking about or vice versa. You go into a, you know, a, a space where you're really resonating with people. You've never met them before. And you just go like, this, is, these are my people. This is going to, this is going to be a good time. Yeah. It's you're just energetically picking up on a vibrational match a resonance so this is going on this is like sub communication we are communicating with others whether we're aware of it or not do you
1: think that i mean that that kind of blew my mind with the domesticated animals picking that up do you think it's some sort of when you're a wild animal and you're just constantly, quote unquote, busy fighting for survival, your nervous system just knows, I don't, I'm not going to develop any emotions now because that would just cost energy and probably lead to decisions that are not going to be beneficial for the survival of this entity. But then once they're domesticated, aka the dog doesn't need to worry about survival, he gets fed and stuff like that. And then emotions are something that, um, that occur when there is quote unquote space within the system. It's almost like they say, you know, um, the birth of philosophy was facilitated by the fact that we did agriculture because now we didn't have to hunt and gather anymore. People could sit around while the food is just growing. Ergo, they they started having the bandwidth of just thinking about the cosmos and where we come from. So maybe it's something like that with, with emotions as well, you know? Interesting. Yeah.
0: I mean, I have yeah, no clue, you know, but I'm just- There's like, so maybe. much, man. Yeah. I mean, there's so much we don't know, right? Yeah. yeah. It's
1: crazy, man. It's it's crazy that there's still a stigma around psychotherapy, for example. We need a therapist. To what the hell is wrong with you? You know?
0: Yeah. It, I mean, man. I think it depends on uh, the culture and where you are geographically, right? I think that plays a role um nowadays a lot of people like a lot of psychotherapists psychologists are now just rebranding as coaches (laughs) genius yeah because look if you have a performance coach you have someone that specializes in a certain area that's nothing to be ashamed of everyone wants to grow well not everyone wants to grow but if you want to grow uh i don't think i think that's a i think that's an asset you know it's actually a good point because it's funny
1: because pro athletes, absolute god tier heroes like Michael Jordan, they probably had psychotherapists the entire time. It was just that that psychotherapist was embodied by a coach. Like it's so much mental. And have you have you seen The Last Dance at a Netflix documentary? No, I haven't. I know oh, you're talking about it. Yeah. It's so good. It's it's about, you know, the last season or something like that of the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan or or some of the, or all seasons. I can't remember, but I didn't know that because I, I don't watch basketball, but I do know Michael Jordan. I think it's pretty cool. And just watching that, the documentary, I really realized that how much of basketball is mental. And then they all talk about the mental games Michael Jordan would play on the court just to destroy the opponents, just to outplay, not only outplay, but also outwit them. And it's kind of something that had to dawn on me over the years because I always just thought, you know, okay, athletes, the one who's the fastest or the strongest is going to win. No, man, Mm. they're all roughly the same strength, same speed. You know, they all have roughly the same kind of training, same kind of nutrition, you know. But it's those who get the edge that are those that, have the mentality that have the mental training the mental fortitude that have received proper mental training those are the ones that get out that extra 5% that they need to get an edge
0: yep yep uh, it reminds me of a a study that was done many years ago at the university of chicago with the basketball team there and they did a study where they so they split uh, three split into three groups control group obviously didn't do didn't do anything it was a free throw study so they wanted to see if they could improve their ability to um execute free throws and so one group did physical practice one group did nothing different just nothing uh then another group only visualized uh-huh. now at the end of the study they found that the 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 group that visualized achieved the same results As the group that practiced physically now the group that visualized only visualized damn now why how did this work the the group that was doing the physical practice all they were there to do was just practice right as they normally would the group that visualized they didn't physically practice but when they visualized they they practiced perfectly so they were not held back by a reality Mm -hmm. that would throw them off meaning that the group that was practicing physically they didn't make every basket right but the group that visualized did because they can create whatever (laughs) reality they wanted so when it came time to execute they were able to execute to the same degree of skill
1: damn man you know what that is that's 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 the tattoo I have, man. There is no spoon from the Matrix. I love it. It's the exact same thing. It's like, don't try to bend the spoon. Instead, realize that there is no spoon. And if you yeah. finish, if you know that, I mean, we're going super meta here now. <laughs> People listening, to this, they're like, what is going on? I, I thought it was a business podcast, man. <laughs> we're talking <laughs> about the Matrix now. Um, but hey, it, I mean, that's the key too. Like with business, like there's... It's incredible. I'm going to tell you one thing. There is clients that come to us because you know we're focused on predom- predominantly on people that have a coaching business or a service providing business. And that includes kind of two rough target audience split in the middle. One are the people that already do coaching and-, and they want to scale, right? They're making eight, nine, 10, 15, 20K a month. They want to get 100K plus and so on and so forth. They come to us, we scale them. And there's also people that are beginners that are like, listen, I'm in my nine to five job. I want to build a coaching business, you know, kind of be free, make money online and so on and so forth. And I sometimes we have coaches that come to us or beginners that come to us and I'm like, it's going to be harder for them to build a business and make their first six figures a year. And then there's other people that come to us and they have incredible background, 40 years of consulting in a company, clearly the most amazing skill set experience, 40 years, you know, but never been self employed, never had their own business. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to kind of see the patterns over the years. I mean, I've been coaching people now in business for four or five years, something like that. I've tried to see patterns and kind of predict who's going to do well and who's not going to do well. I'm never right. And that's the
0: craziest thing. It's hard to do, man. It yeah. really is. There's it people yeah.
1: there, they have 40 years of experience, and they just cannot get over the fact that they have to be self-responsible, that they have to follow the path that we lay out to them, that they have to ask us questions, that they have to reply to us when we hold them accountable, and they have a really hard time. And then you have someone relatively young, you know, relatively you know, naive, so to speak, and like, yeah, oh, I'm coming in, want to make money, you know, let's go. And and they have what they lack in experience, they just make up by having a proper mindset of like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll execute. You know, yeah, all right, why wouldn't I do it? And that's kind of also the naivety I had when I started. I was like, Yeah, why not? Like, why won't why why shouldn't I make a million? I don't know if are if are these the steps? Oh, these are the steps to make a million. All right, I'll just do them, you know. And and it's crazy. Do you have the same too with, with clients that come to you where you where you kind of say this one's gonna do well. This one's gonna do. I have a gonna harder time, or,
0: you know, I, I do my best to kind of not project an expectation, even just in my in my own mind, and try and figure that out. Uh. Yeah, I I will say like, to your point about, oh, like having that kind of naivety of just go, oh, okay, this is these are the steps to do this and that. That's really all it takes. Is just your desire for a goal to achieve a goal and then not getting in your own way of achieving that goal. And oftentimes when people are, let's say they learn in the school system that there's only one way to do something. You know, if I get the if I get the the answers wrong here, well then that means I've failed. And so there's kind of only one way. And so oftentimes in that system people just learn well, I have to have a certain level of IQ in order to succeed in this system. And then when you get out into the real world, it's a free for all. And it's really just the, the playing field is leveled and it's look, how bad do you want it? How consistent will you be uh, in terms of also your mindset as well? And look, man, I mean, it's a, it's a range. Like at this point, I just, I just kind of let it go and go, look, I let everyone surprise me. And do you get surprised still? Where you're like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. What do you
1: think is the most, like, if there was, like, a character trait that was the most beneficial to work with a with a mindset coach where it's like, that's a character trait.
0: Like, if you have that or if you try to develop that, you're going to do best. As, do you mean so, like, as a person that's going to enter, like, a mindset coaching program? Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Like what, what character traits
1: kind of facilitate success if there is one?
0: Oh man, it's just being willing to do the work. <laughs>
1: just, just be
0: coachable, coachability, Yeah. coachability, just be coachable. If you come in um, and you put your preconceived notions to the side, like let's say you have a lot of experience and you've done several programs and you know about mindset and psychology and energy and all of these kinds of things. Um, that could help you, but it could also inhibit your progress as well. If what you're learning in the new program is challenging that, and then you go, well, I already have a mindset. I know this and that, mm-hmm. that could hinder you. And that ego could get in the way. If you just lay it all to the side and go, look, I'm, I'm here to humble myself. I'm here to learn. If you do that, I find that people that just literally put their ego to the side and be as coachable as they can, those are the guys that do very well
1: yeah that makes sense and it's yeah. funny um i talked about this on the previous episode and it kind of fits together and it's again like it's going to be another one where people are like what so when <laughs> i when i when i took ayahuasca and i was participating in a ceremony what i saw because you know it, it's it's a hallucinogen you 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 literally trip you know you hallucinate and one of the most memorable hallucinations was um st- seeing little monkeys with very sharp teeth and they were laughing at me. And they were like, <laughs> and it was not like, they, they almost laughed at me because they they made fun of me for me taking myself so seriously. That was the, the communication that I've received. They were not speaking or anything. They were just monkey, like monkey faces laughing at me. And they looked very comical. And it's really, really crazy. A lot of times when you hear... Other people talk about their experiences with ayahuasca. They see the same entities. They say, but they 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 title them slightly differently. Some people say, I see, you know, jokers, joker faces. I see funny faces. And they all say the same. They're all laughing at me for taking myself so seriously. And that's really crazy if you think, like, here you take the substance, dimethyltryptamine, that is, by the way, naturally occurring in our brains. Dimethyltryptamine is the very substance that makes us dream at night. You know, so dreams are nothing other than hallucinations if you think about it. Which, in and of itself, is wild. I mean, how wild is it that we humans? I mean, ima- imagine you're an alien. I'm getting sidetracked here, but check this out, Zach, because I love talking to you about stuff like that. Imagine you're an alien, and you lo- you're you're learning about humans. You know, and you learn that these human monkeys without hair. These crazy apes that turn into humans. They, every day, they pass out for for six to eight hours. They get paralyzed. They cannot move, right? Sleep paralysis. And they wildly hallucinate for six to eight hours. And I'm not talking about, you see some colors. No, They, they hallucinate so wildly that in most cases, they cannot even discern that from actual reality. And then they wake up, they dust themselves off, and continue with their ways as if nothing happened. How wild is it that every single day in a couple hours from me recording this podcast, I'm going to lie on a mattress wildly hallucinating while being physically paralyzed? How crazy? Think about it, man. How crazy is
0: that? It's wild, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean... Look what if what if what if it is more than hallucination?
1: Oh, oh, you're going deep now.
0: <laughs> well, these things are these plant medicines are psychedelics, right? Yeah. So it could be seen that we're hallucinating, and maybe for some people, it sometimes it is. But what if we're also tapping into other planes of existence? Hmm.
1: I mean, that's what many cultures believe it to be. A lot of like the ancient Egyptians, uh, the the civilizations that were settling in the Amazon, they all believe that this is like a door to another dimension and stuff like that. And I, I'm not here to discuss that. I don't know. I'm clearly just an idiot whose expertise is business. So I don't, I don't consider myself spiritually qualified to answer these questions. I'm just, I just love talking about it because you're, you might be right. You might be wrong. I don't know. Like, but, it certainly feels like that when you're experiencing it. I can tell you that it doesn't I mean, feel like hallucinations.
0: It's just like a dream. It feels real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, look, you've said before, right? You just said that, okay, that was your experience. And you've heard many others share the same kind of experience. Maybe the faces were different, Yeah. Um, but I've heard those kinds of things as well. And then they go and they see, um, uh, what is it? There, there's, oh there, yeah, there's like, it's not clowns. It's like there's certain like court gest- kind of like court jesters. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, I mean, how is it that so many different people are experience have? There's a pattern of exists of experience. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. I like.
1: I think there's so much more about the mind that we haven't learned yet, and it's such an unexplored. Like people will look back in like hundred years to like. Yo, the people in the 21st century with their Freud and psychology, man, they were so far off.
0: You know, it was a good start,
1: but they were far off,
0: man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I Look, dude, I see um, you mentioned Freud and kind of where psychology or modern psychology got its start. Mm -hmm. I I tend to see it now as like a collective. So, for example, you, me, we all have, I think, trillions of cells right in our body yeah now if we were to look at the human collective we could look at each individual as one of those cells oh and so if we have the you know because uh carl jung gave us the theory of the collective unconscious so we all have our kind of individual mind our individual conscious and unconscious mind but we share a connection between our minds and so if we look at humanity as a collective as almost like a singular organism in a way then we can see these different stages of evolution as just as you would experience like a a singular human they start as an infant a child an adolescent a teen and they grow into adulthood and now i'm kind of seeing that all of these different stages have all represented the collective of humanity growing in awareness from first okay freud and then jung comes along and says hey there's more than than what you're saying there is mm. there's synchronicity and what synchronicity and that was perfectly appropriate for what humanity was ready for at that time mm-hmm. and each and every one of us is contributing through ayahuasca ayahuasca experiences through through anything through all the different types of human experience, we're contributing more data, more information on a daily basis as we all learn about reality and try and figure this out. So in other words, I see it as like, we're just one singular organism that's expressing as all these different faces and cultures and people, but we're all here to grow together in our in our understanding of reality damn man that's deep that's deep
1: but i agree i i really agree there is i mean there's a lot of great books about that and and i read a lot of quote unquote woo woo books without getting myself too crazily into it but i think i still extracted a lot of great knowledge for example uh, levels of energy by frederick dotson or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. There's always two ways to read such kind of books. There's the ways to go full on woo-woo, you know, and there's ways to just be like, okay, like, what can I learn? You know, like you said yourself, like, be coachable, right? Like, let me take my preconceived notions off. Let me leave them by the door and just see what this guy has to say. And especially um, Levels of Energy by Frederick Dotson was very interesting because he basically, what he does is he just takes this concept of energy kind of what we've talked about before and he just puts it on a scale so it's like easily quantifiable for uh for re like realistically thinking people I guess or for like you know less open-minded woo-woo people and he basically says you know like whatever I, can, I don't know the numbers anymore like zero to hundred is is apathy hundred to 200 is anger you know and I'm butchering this but you know 200 to 300 is is uh, uh is Envy or whatever and then you know 400 to 500 is creativity and you know 500 to six 600 is, is, is love. And then 700 to 800 is enlightenment, like stuff like that. And he basically says these levels of energies, they're, they're denoting, they work on a, on a personal level, but they also work on a collective level. So when you go, for example, to a city, and this is really crazy. You feel the difference. When you go, for example, from, um, I don't know, from an Eastern European city, you know, people, homeless people on the streets, it's cold. uh, People are very poor. People have been fucked over by government for like decades. And you go from there to Switzerland, you literally feel a completely different vibe, so to speak, completely different Mm -hmm. energy. The level of energy has been raised. So there is definitely some sort of collectivity going on there. And you see the same in, in periods of history where people were just murdering and butchering and slaughtering each other for decades. World War II, all of Europe was probably in this, you know, quote unquote low vibrational energy state. And it's really hard to get out of that because low vibrational energy or you know bad vibes want to create more bad vibes. But then also when you create an environment, a small bubble for yourself. Of awareness, like you spoke yourself, of 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 self-love, of just putting a little bit of awareness into your thoughts and hey, and your emotions thusly, and also your body. And you start with that bubble for yourself, and then you say, Okay, let me do, let me, let me extend this bubble to my family, to my friends, to my team. I think now you're actually, like you said, you're contributing to something bigger.
0: Yes. Yes, completely agree. We use this, actually, we use this energy scale um, to help people understand why they're experiencing life the way that they are. Mm-hmm. If we just first understand, okay, this is where one calibrates in terms of their level of consciousness. Another way of describing it is level of consciousness. Yeah. Uh, then it, it makes things much clearer as to why they experience life, business, relationships in the way that they do. Because oh look, I'm actually vibrating more more consistently at this level. No wonder I experience life in this way. Mm-hmm. And so it's a good point. Like when you you'll see it very clearly, right? When you go from different countries or different neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And and you go well. Look, you go to like the the bad neighborhood in your city, and well, okay. Why is it the way? Uh, why is it this way here? Apart from politics and the way that the city is run. You can see in those pockets of cities, the energy frequency in certain areas is the way it is. And as soon as you leave that and you get into a you know, nice neighborhood, feel lighter, feel different, feels better. Like attracts like. And it, like, this can be a very kind of high level conversation, but yeah. I think to keep it really useful and practical for people is that if you just understand that like goes to like, then all we need to do is say, well, what am I? How am I? And who am I being? If, and then you get really honest and objective with yourself. You got to do that. You have to be willing to like do what you said earlier, which is call yourself out and say, okay, this is why I've been experiencing this because I've been stuck here in this energy field for this long. Now it's like, am I ready to change? Right? Mm. Touch with yourself. It starts yeah. with yourself.
1: It always is. And and it's hard, man. Because starting with yourself also includes, to a degree, I think, self-blame. And it's easier to blame others, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to blame yourself. So, man, that's why I love what you do. And that's why I love having you on these podcasts. Every time I have a podcast with you, people are like, dude, so sick. Like, even the guy that edits the podcasts, he's like, Bro, the last episode I edited was so sick with Zach. You know, it's <laughs> you know, these awesome. things are these things are powerful, and it's cool, kind of cool that our generation kind of facilitates the marriage between energy, woo-woo mindset, and practicality. There's so many entrepreneurs that I've been working with, both entrepreneurs that make less money than me. Entrepreneurs that make more money than me, and I'm just using this to to, to just kind of quantify because money is easily quantifiable. There's so many entrepreneurs out there that have that, that 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 admit that a large portion of their success is due to being aware of energies, being aware of 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 even if they don't call it energy, even if they just call it mindset, you know, you know, because you know you don't have to call it woo woo energy, you just call it mindset if you want or psych psychology. And at a certain level, that becomes more and more important to also adhere to that, to also you know, realize what's going on within me emotionally while I'm doing outreach, while I'm on a sales call, while I'm managing the team. And God knows I fucked up so many times with my own emotions and have negatively affected people in my, in my staff, people in my, in my programs. Nobody's perfect. But at the same time, also, when I was really aware of it and I was spot on, With my words and the emotions I projected, I also know I really lifted a lot of people out, out of shitty mindsets, out of bad days, bad months, bad weeks. So that stuff is really powerful. And that's why I think it's great to have you on board with us, but also just to have you do your thing because there needs to be more guys like you that are educated, that are experienced, that
0: know what the hell they're doing. There's more and more beautiful there's more there's more and more coming max you know just to jump off that point that you shared earlier because we're talking a lot about energy and levels of consciousness near the beginning of this podcast you said look one of the things that we do with our team is we have these one on ones and i noticed that when i just ask someone how they're doing like genuinely honestly it opens something up within that person and if you look at why is that why is Asking such a simple question, so important for someone, because when you ask that, when you take the time and you ask a a personal important question, if you look at it from a level of energy, I'm kind of showing this like scale right here in my mind, and you choose to ask an important question out of care, that could be the energy of love that suddenly becomes ignited in that moment between you and that person.
1: Famine. So true. So it's it's real. It's tangible. Yeah. And that's and and that's how you that, that's how you facilitate change. Be it for yourself, for your financial situation, but also for for an energy situation of the people around you. Um, Zach, as always, man, it's it's been a blast. Where can people find you? How can people reach you? And they want to know more
0: about you and your stuff. Yeah, go to selfmasteryaccelerator.co.co. It's all together
1: or no hyphens in between.
0: Nope. All right. Anything through. else?
1: Facebook, can it reach you, email you? Somebody has a personal question.
0: Yeah. Probably the best way to get in touch with me directly is through social. So Instagram, Mr. Dot Zach, Michael. Okay. Yep. You can also find me on Facebook as well. Okay. Zach, Michael, that, really easy. Zach, Michael. Yeah. Yep.
1: I mean, also, you know, if, if you can't, if it can't find you go to my Instagram, Go to my followers, type in Mr. Type in Zach and, he'll, and he'll, You should pop up. Yeah. You should pop up, man. It's been a pleasure. Let's do more of these as always.
0: Let's do it, man. Let's do For more sure. of these. What, what's next?
1: Let's what are you going to do today?
0: Today? Well, after this, I'm probably going to hit the gym. We nice. go to the gym and uh, I don't know. We'll see what I get into, man. Love it. Love How about it? you. What goes uh, down in Prague on a Friday night? Well, I've hit the gym very hard today. Very happy. I'm going to have some
1: chicken now and then have another one-on-one with my videographer head of visuals. And then we're going to go have a team dinner. I'm going to get some Wagyu steak and just let the good times roll, man.
0: Sounds good, bro. Join us one day, man. Love it. Come over yeah, to Europe, definitely, bro. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Anytime. Anytime.
0: The door is open for you. Sounds good, man. I'm down. Right,
1: <laughs> Epic man. Yo, much love. Thanks so much. Thank you, brother. You and too. See you Dutch.